no idea. Shall we? Shall we? Yeah, I might push off a stool. Shall we have the slides up, Dave? Wonderful. Ah, I've got it. Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. Yay! You're excited, aren't you? Have you got your pens and papers ready? Absolutely, because every word that I speak makes no sense, but what Rach says <laughs> goes. And so tonight when we have all the questions, you come back and give them to Rach. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So we, we for, for the last, when do we take the seat? Was it back in? Oh, back in July, and then we have holidays. So we? July, we, we, we took um, the seat of, of, of leadership, if you, if you like. And since that time, we've been praying meeting very regularly as a team, seeking what God is trying to say to us corporately as a church and us individually. And what we give to you today is a snapshot of what we see thus far, right? So we see through a dark glass dimly, right? But we do believe God has spoken. So this time for you is for, for us together as a church, for you to reflect, to chew over what we've, what we've said and what we give. And hopefully you yourselves will also be receiving from God about what he's saying to us corporately. So we're going to journey with you over the next, how long we got? An hour or so? Tops? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Uh, we will be taking communion as well at the end. So bless you. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. So who are we? We've got our, uh, there we are. Uh, there's myself, Rachel Jenkins, there's Joe Clark, and there's Kev Davis. We've all been around for a relatively long period of time. Um, I think the t you, you were the first, you're the oldest here, aren't you? Oh, well, I was in 1990. You, you were older than me. Oh, Naturally oh. speaking. Chronologically, yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, anyway. So, and then uh, Joe has been here for um, uh, still a considerably long time. 13 years now. Yeah, it's long enough, isn't it? So when we were when we were talking about leadership, one of the things that um, we felt was that, uh, in actual fact, we were going to lead as a three. Um, uh, and when we've actually been doing it, it's actually a lot, lot easier than what you think. So because it means that from a point of view of when you're making decisions... Um, you the same as in a, in a marriage or in a couple, you would have somebody that you would ask, wouldn't you? And you would generally say, what do you think about that? And then the other one says, well, I think that, or no, I think you've really made a mistake on that one. It keeps you in check, doesn't it, with a, with a, in a couple. And uh, for us, especially with the leadership, with three, it has worked where one said, mm, I think about this, and the other one said, mm, I'm not sure about that. And then the other one's gone, well, I actually think... Mm. And it's meant that we've been able to make what we feel, I don't know what you think, but from our perspective, it feels like we've been able to make good decisions, wise decisions. They've not always been each of our individual's preference, but between the three of us, it's worked. So for us, as a... As a leadership going forward, we feel that that's something that we want to continue, that that's something that we want to emulate in the different areas of, uh, of our leadership, and we'll be bringing that out a little bit more later. Okay, so if we go on to the next slide then. We thought we'd just confirm at the moment, obviously the three of us were sort of... Uh, put in place in July. Um, but then supporting that, you've got the trustees of the church, uh, chaired by, chaired excellently by Phil Walker, um, and he's, he's a great guy. Uh, and then also supported by Phil Miles. He's all right. Um, no, Phil Miles is, is a great guy too. Andrew O'Connor, fantastic. And Mary, who's brilliant, who served the church for, for many years too. Um, so they're... Along with the three of us, those four are the ones who meet and make uh, kind of business-type decisions for, for the church. Um, so, Kev. Next slide, please. So, in many respects, we're not, we're not going to be reinventing the wheel here. This church has been going for over 30 years. And um, God has spoken to, to this church um, over many years. Words which have come into being and words are, are, which are yet to come into being, right? 
So the, the secret or the trick in terms of us as a leadership is to discern that which is of God and that which isn't of God. Which words and promises that have been spoken which are for this season or for the next season. So we have kept a, a sort of a chronology of the words that have been spoken. Some of it which we'll allude to later about the land, about the building. Things about which us as a fellowship uh, we've contended for in the past, which we will seek to do again. And also new things. Um, Jesus said, you know, new things, old treasures and new treasures are taken out. And some of the things that we talk about will be old treasures. So, for example, you remember those values that we journeyed with as a church? Well, we're not getting rid of them because we do believe they were given by God to us as a fellowship. So we will contend for us as a church. And it makes sense to us that we are a church that is generous, yes, to each other and to the world outside and to the Lord who we serve and that we do serve. And all our attitude, even us as, as elders, it's not us um, lording over power. We are reminded to serve one another. And even when we work as a three, it's not about what I think or what you think. It's about what's the Lord saying. And we prefer one another. And I think that's the model of leadership we certainly want to uh, model. And it is grace. That is the greatest gift that we have as, as a body of Christ. That the Lord has given us eternal life, which is unmerited favor. I don't care how good or, or, or that you think you are or socialized you are. You are here because of grace. And without grace, you cannot stand. And so because the Lord has given that to us, we want to make sure that that is extended to all of us as believers within and without this church. And certainly we are a missional church. You know, we focused in the last couple of years on missional ch communities. And um, praise the Lord for, for those missional communities that are still going and those who, uh, who have started and, and learned a lot. But we will continue to be a missional church, both near within this place and beyond as well. Absolutely. And last but not least, is that we are passionate. Right? Either this message is real or it ain't. Right? And if it's real, we should be modeling it and be excited about it. Yes? Now, I'm not the most uh, expressive person. And when someone gives me a hug, I'm, I'm like that. But folks, believe you me, when I consider what God has done for us, when I consider about those people who are yet to know the Lord, we must be passionate about the Lord. Yes? We must be passionate about the calling that we've been given. And we should express that in all ways. Do you believe that? Okay, bless you. Okay, so our next slide, who are we? So, obviously, back in the 1970s, we've got Pastor John Price um, and his family, he and his family followed a call that was to come over to Warsaw and uh, worship. He started off in a school and uh, at the Allenwell School and then miraculously managed to acquire that piece of land uh, at Junction 10, which obviously the church was built. Um, it started off as one building, then got extended and extended. Those of you that remember the building, remember the hodgepodge that it was inside as a result of all of the extensions, but it was a great building. But obviously the sites were always to build another building and then his successor was Jonathan Bentley and he built on the legacy and obviously moving the church towards an expression of church and mission and uh, and obviously now he's he's stepped down and we've moved into place that's who we were who we are rather okay so that's who we are and some of the history so we move now on to what are we doing? And again, as Kev says, this, this isn't about reinventing the wheel. Um, I've been at Junction 10 for 13 years. I've been going to church for 38. I can still say that till tomorrow. Um, and in that time, so often, things have changed, new leaders have come in, and or new ideas have been birthed, and the baby's been thrown out with the bathwater. And good things that have been in the church have been got rid of because it's it's somebody new. And you know, I'm and we are really keen not to do that. 
We're where we are today because of what's gone before. And we thank God for that. So when we had um, the word uh, as a core team about pulling the building down, that wasn't the sum total of it. It was to demolish the building and build a community with Jesus at the centre. So our vision is to be a community with Jesus at the centre. Can, can you get behind that? Some can. We believe that that's the calling that we've been given, is to build a community with Jesus at the centre. Junction 10 is to be a community with Jesus at the centre. As Junction 10, as members of Junction 10, you're to take Jesus out with you into the community and you and he will be the centre of your community. So in terms of what we do with that, we're looking at the mission then. And these will be familiar, the up, the in and the out. Again, keeping good things, the principles up. We're looking to release the fivefold ministries that are in Ephesians 4.11. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. We're looking to identify, to raise up. Within the church, looking to equip God's people to do his work. So there's people with those callings, with those giftings, with those ministries. Those need to be acknowledged, those need to be released. And then we have to have a focus out. We've got to have a focus out. So that will be from Jeremiah 29.7, to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. We're going to go into those in more detail as we go through this morning. But that's the vision and our mission. And, and why are we doing this? Because for three, threefold, obedience, promises and need we're doing it because God has told us to do things, right? In this word, historically, but also to us as a, as a church that still believes God still speaks. We're doing it because, as I said earlier, there are promises that have been given corporately over this uh, body of people. But also, very significantly, there's promises that you individually have received or are yet to receive. And last but not least, the need... Folks, if we don't go, then who will go? There are, across our town of Warsaw, at least, let's talk about Warsaw, 250,000 people in the population. Not all of those folks, and this will be a surprise to you, serve the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so those people, like in Romans 8, it speaks about all creation waiting for the, re the revealing of the sons of God. These people, whether they know it or not, are waiting for us to rise up, take our callings, our mandates, and reach them with the things that God has spoken to them. No least, eternal life. So the need, most definitely, is out there. It will be a spiritual need, but it will also be some very practical needs as well. So where are we doing it? We're doing it in the spirit, in the soul. And in the land. Let's break that down a bit. So in the spirit, we're talking about in our gatherings, in the Sunday ingredients, okay, that make up our meetings. Things like vision and teaching, contemporary J10 stuff, in our festivals, in the stuff that we do externally as well. Looking at changing some of the space and ratio that we have in our gatherings perhaps reducing the preaching time and creating some space and a bit of flexibility. With regards in our soul, in our discipleship journey, and organisationally for folks and for services, looking at how we do that. In the land, we're involved with Love Warsaw, uh, regionally with Love Black Country, nationally with AOG and 3DM, and internationally with Sentinel and Transformations, with our missions, we're looking at Krasif in Bulgaria, V, one of our missionaries in, in China, Charlie Tom, our, one of our missionaries, the missionaries in uh, India, and with Open Doors, and also even with uh, locally with IKEA, with some of the stuff that uh, we're linked with with regards to the vine and with regards to some of the stuff that's going on with helping with um, creating jobs and putting in pastors and coaches, rather, 
in uh, in I in in the bar in IKEA. Okay, so next part is how we're going to do this, and I've got the the simple task of trying to explain the uh, the fivefold ministries in Ephesians four um, in uh, in about five minutes if if we can. Ephesians 4, we, we looked at the book of Ephesians a few months ago. In Ephesians 4, uh, 11, you've got the, the five giftings which are referred to, ministries that are referred to uh, previously. I'll just read that from, from the Bible itself. So this is Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his body for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Who's fed up with part measure? Who wants full measure? Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We release the fivefold. We acknowledge, we recognize it. We're in this together. The three of us can't lead this church without support. We can't do it. Even if I were to finish probation, come and work full-time, if Rachel were to work full-time, if Kev were to work full-time, you can't do it. It's all about body. It's about that full ministry. And to do that, we have to release and recognize the the fivefold, so and going back, we need to do it in the three spaces as well: in the up, the in, and the out. So in the up, in the spirit, where we're we doing it, we're looking at the apostolic, those who will extend the kingdom of God, the prophetic, those who know God's will, the evangelistic, those who look to recruit, the pastoral, the nurturing and the protecting, and the teaching. They're helping to understand. We're not looking to appoint people to offices. We don't have offices of apostles and prophets. These are ministry gifts. The apostles are those called out by God to minister to, to groups of people. It's not the call of man, but it's the call from God to enlarge his kingdom. That may be acknowledged by Certain men, it may not. But it comes, the word apostle comes from the same root as the word missionary. And both mean one who is sent forth. You could also think of them as the church planter, being apostolic. A prophet is one who speaks divinely to others, inspired by God, tells them what to say. Sometimes people don't get it. If it comes directly from God, they have to hear it from somebody else. And sometimes they're a spokesperson who admonishes, warns, directs, encourages, intercedes, teaches and counsels. The prophet will bring the word of God and calls them to respond. And it says, doesn't it, that in Ephesians 2.20, the apostles and prophets are to lay the foundation of the church. With Jesus as the cornerstone that the apostles and prophets lay that. The evangelist is someone who proclaims the good news, the preacher of the gospel, or again, a missionary. They live the gospel. They interpret the church to the world, and sometimes they interpret the world to the church as well. Somebody who's fed by the center but may be operating on the edge of what happens in church. You've got pastors 
And this, gets, this is where it can get a bit confusing because the pastor gets used as the, the title for the, for the church leader, which we've, we've deliberately avoided because being a pastor is, is a ministry and is perhaps different to a church leader sometimes. So the pastors feed and tend and protect the church. It's referred to as a shepherd, isn't it? The pastor's a shepherd. Someone, they'll pray for the sick, deal with church discipline issues if needs be, be involved with the administration. And there's a phrase, hatch, match and dispatch. The pastor will take you through your journey in the church. There from the beginning in terms of um, dedication, those who choose to, to marry, matching and, and, and marrying and dispatching, either moving on from the church or moving on to an, an, another lifetime. And then you've got the teachers, those who communicate and interpret the meaning of scripture and tradition. The work of the teachers to understand and interpret and explain what the Bible teaches. In Timothy, Paul was described as the teacher to the Gentiles. So if we go on to the next one, Dave. In terms of how we do that, we've got there. One thing I'd add is in terms of the teachers, what we're looking at and what we thought we feel that it's God leading to is maybe establishing like a junction 10. We've debated what to call it, whether to refer to it as like a, a college, a teaching, or we've gone with syllabus at the moment. Just, well, what does it mean to be part of junction 10? What, what, do, what do our beliefs, what, where do we come from, what are our roots, what are our foundations, what do we believe? So that actually people have that sound basis and knowledge um, of what it means to be part of Junction 10 and also a wider part of God's kingdom. Okay. So, look, Joe's looked a bit up and what happens within Junction 10 so what happens outside of Junction 10? And those fivefold themes flow through in terms of our outward expression. So the, the Lord's Prayer says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God doesn't just want to exist in the spiritual realm, in the unseen. The kingdom of God wants to and is invading this natural land, the things that we can see, feel, and touch. Do you believe that? And part of that expression is, is you as, as individuals. You have touched something spiritual. You have seen God's kingdom or glimpsed it. And it's walk, being walked out in your everyday life today. No less um, for us as, as, as people part of this church, but I also believe, we believe, that this is an expression for our communities that we live in. That we aren't just uh, restricted to coming to service. As great and as fantastic as services has been and will be, God wants us to go out into the world. And that's not just, that doesn't just mean going out into far-off missionary places. It's down your street. It's in your schools. It's in your, uh, next to your neighbors. It's at the workplace. God wants to be involved in all of those areas. Such is the kingdom of God. And so as we translate the fivefold ministries into that, in extending the kingdom is just that. We believe God has given us a mandate or a shared mandate to speak to power, whether that's governments local, national, whether that's making sure what is communicated in the air in terms of the media, our newspapers, our radio stations, our television stations locally, that they get the true message of what it is to be in the kingdom, the gospel message. And that we should be speaking to industry. We heard Rachel say already that people haven't, some people are losing their jobs or are fearful of their jobs. Why wouldn't the Lord be interested in, in, in that part of our lives? That we should be speaking to captains of industry to say, actually, you must trade in a way which is ethical, not just for making a profit, but for the people that you um, employ. Um, young people, no least, because, and particularly young people who don't have the skills to get into jobs at the, at the first rung. We need to be able to be mobilizing ourselves as the body of Christ to speak into that. 
and any other form of power that has effect over our people's lives. We believe that the prophetic voice must be in the community, whatever that looks like. And we just use the title of sort of marketplace prophets, but people that actually communicate the truth within those settings. And missionaries, as I said, not just international ones, but local ones. We're all called to do the work of the evangelist, but there are giftings, we believe, very specifically to reach out locally. And we can do that in a number of ways. We've used the, the headings of hospitality, entertainment, but there'll be other ones. So, like at Living Waters, I would suggest to you, folks, that those of you who are involved in Living Waters, you are missionaries, you are evangelists, right? You are mixing with people who ordinarily wouldn't walk into this, into this room, as great as it is, for the first time. But because you have gone out to them, they have a chance of being alongside you, right? Missions there, whether that's at Living Waters, or at Vines, or in Ikea, or wherever it might be. That's where God has called you to be. And uh, Joel's talked about the term pastor, and how it can be used for a number of things. But in this outspace, we're going to use the working title of coaches. All right? who are, in effect, pastors, those who will nurture and protect people outside in the community, whether that's in schools. So we've got our pays workers here. Hands up, pays workers. Absolutely. Bethany, you didn't get a stomachache last week, did you? Fantastic. We, get, we fed Bethany last week. So they are just a, a, an indication of us actually going out and putting people alongside those who can nurture and protect um, we've got people like uh, Brian Dash, who's a personal coach now in Warsaw Studio School. Christians who are working within a school setting to reach out to nurture and protect the young people and also the staff as well. But also in industry that we will actually go out and put pastors, stroke coaches, code, to support people in those settings. And then we've got this weird thing called Ministry of Helps, which in effect is all of you folks here now sometimes have a very practical need. Um, I remember the other day, one of our number um, had an issue about even looking after a, a dog, right? And just to find some, and some of our folks stepped up and looked after the dog. And it sounds, you know, maybe crazy, not very spiritual, but folks... What If we can't help each other out on very practical things, right? We get the yellow pages out and we look for a workman or, and sometimes it's a lottery whether they're a good person or not or whether they're going to do a good job. Folks, we are a community of people and we need to somehow tap into the talents and uh, giftings and hearts to support one another. Do you believe that? So that's what we need to do as a, as a community of people. Just on, on that. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. You know, helping is a gift. Yeah. God's placed miracles, gifts of healing, and gifts of helping and of guidance. Absolutely. So it's scriptural, believe you me. But I would say this stuff that we do is in the in-space. Us helping each other. But what about helping those who are outside? So we would say things like what we've done in the past with food banks. That's nurturing and protecting those who have yet to know the Lord but still need our help. Yeah? It's, and we don't do food bank here specifically anymore. But what we do do, and folks bless you for bringing food, and we, we deliver it to the Rock Church. But we as a church have said, actually, we're going to get more involved in this type of work. So across the Walsall, there are churches that do things like the Big Feed. And we recognize that as a body of Christ, we should be doing more together. Folks, it was no coincidence the other week that we met up with Warsaw Community Church at Goldmine. Do you remember that? Yeah? Because we are being intentional to recognize that we can't just do this on our own. Right? And I don't believe God, I, I've said this before, is a schizophrenic. Right? What he says to us, he hasn't forgot what he said to someone else. He's one God, one hope, one faith, one baptism. We know that. Yes? So God is speaking to the church 
capital C, across the black across walls, across the black country, and we need to find our place within that and work together for that. And then the last bit, not, not last but not least, is we talked about teaching the um, uh, biblical truths. We also believe that teaching is about um, supporting those who are preparing people for life, not just godliness. So our teachers within our schools, within our universities, within our colleges, some in Christ, we need to support them as well, and also those who are yet to. Because if we don't capture the hearts and minds of our schools, folks, you think about it. Other philosophies will come and teach our kids uh, falsehoods, different philosophies which are contrary to the will of God. And so therefore, we believe the Lord is saying that we need to be involved in those spaces. Absolutely. I think it's no coincidence that we've been able to be part of creating and supporting a number of schools, whether it's Grace or Warsaw Studio Schools or Second Chances, but we need to do more than that. Not just as a church, but with other churches. Okay? Okay. So when you look at the next slide, obviously we've been looking at this for quite a number of uh, weeks now. Um, and uh, we're conscious that we're hoping that as you see the next slide, it, it kind of marries up the up, the in, and the out. One of the things was, uh, obviously, we met at, at Goldmine um, last, uh, on the 18th of October. We are also going to be doing our baptism services at Goldmine. Um, so we've got, we've secured a tank, Joe's secured a tank. We know where we can get that. It fits in his car. Baptismal tank, not a boom tank. Yeah, yeah, a baptism tank, a dunking tank. Um, obviously, the water won't be in it. Um, uh, so um, how to set it up. So we're going to be putting that out so that for those of you that want to be baptised or it's time, um, then you've got that opportunity. The other thing is, is that we are involved with AOG. Um, we've thought about it. We've prayed about it. We are in. Uh, we're meeting with the regional leader, um, Phil Pye, and uh, the AOG give us, as a church, credibility and accountability for uh, not just for those of us, for those of individuals, Rose, Will, myself, um, for our uh, status, but also for us as a wider body. When people are coming to us as a church, well, who are they? Who are they? Oh, well, you can go on the AOG website and see who we are affiliated with. And there's a whole load of values and stuff that they can see about who we are. Even though we operate as an individual church, we are linked with them. We're also um, looking at, with our festivals, making sure that they are intentionally evangelistic and invitational making sure that we offer invites leaflet drops whatever we can do to invite people and giveaways giving people something when they come remember those values of generosity for them to be extravagant i've got folk that they're waiting to come to the carol service because they had a selection box last year well, if that means that we've got to buy them selection boxes, then let's buy them selection boxes. I can buy them chocolate if they're going to come and hear the word of God, wouldn't you? You'd donate chocolate for that, wouldn't you? I remember Bob Canning when he said uh, they only come for the biscuits. Well, if they only come for the biscuits, let's buy every single possible biscuit we can get and give them as many as they want till they're coming out of their ears so long as they hear God's word. And to give opportunity and allow for a response, for them to respond to the gospel and to be expectant that we are going to see transformation and we are going to see salvation and to have a house of salvation. To find ways also to continue to support and to develop missional communities. We've already said about uh, dedications, we're doing marriages, we're just waiting to go through um, sorting out stuff with the guys here, but at the moment they've said that we're going to be able to do that. Our funerals, we have arrangements with Emmanuel Church in Bentley. It holds between 140 and 160 people. Um, it's got a room on the side for, for food. It's got plenty of parking and it's easy to access 
all of these things we're looking, we've been looking and doing in the background and making sure that they're there as building blocks for who we are, as well as what we've said about these areas of gifting. So we're just going to have a little uh, break, but it's a break for you to think about something because one of the things that we have as a church are contending for which reflects some of our in and some of our out, and hopefully our up, is how we support those who are uh, in need of care, whether it's young people in fostering or adoption. And it was interesting, it was it about three weeks ago, the church across the black country, through something called Love Black Country, which the, the net, which was a network which we've been, we, in fact, we helped found some 15 odd, maybe 20 years ago now, we gathered together um, to address an issue which was raised to us by three organizations. One which was the YMCA, the other one was Hope International, and the third was Home for Good. Three organizations that suddenly appeared on the radar of the black country, individually saying actually we need to do something about the crisis within uh, the care system where people who, um, don't have families. Uh, it's not just young, very young babies, but you know, uh, teenagers and the like, where we can actually support them and also support the families that are involved with that and also to encourage people to step into that. And it seemed crazy to the people that love Black Country that these individual organisations were working together on their own. But that actually, there was a recognition that God was speaking across our area and saying, actually... This is me, almighty God, saying we need to do something about it and you need to do it together. And that place must have had 150 odd people in there. And there was a collective yes and amen from church ministers, parachurch leaders to say, what can we do? And today, believe it or not, is Adoption Sunday, right? And churches across our region are saying today that we are going to sign up to support this venture. And is it home for good? Uh, home for good. Actually, in fact, we've got a, a, little, a little clip that Dave's going to put on. You can see a bit more about it. You okay, Dave? As a result of that, we have um, Jonathan Bentley brought to us the Father's Heart um, and, uh, and that ministry about orphans to heirs. And when we're talking about stuff like that, we have, as we've gone to different conferences, realised that we have an unbelievably high ratio 
of those that are either respite carers, foster carers or adopters in our body in comparison to when I've spoken to other church leaders that really don't have that many in their church. So we wanted to take this time to actually pray for those people that are involved. So if you are currently fostering or adopting, could you stand? Is that all right? Adam, would you possibly stand on behalf of the Flanagans because I know they're not here. So we're going to ask folk to stand around and to gather around those that are standing. We've also got Maggie and Steve, um, uh, Vicky and Will. Could you possibly stand on behalf of Maggie and Steve because they're not here at the moment? Hmm? We've also... Wendy, why aren't you on your feet? Yeah, but you're still involved with the children. Wendy has fostered that many children and they are now in their adulthood and they now still bring their grandchildren to Wendy. That's how long she's been doing it. We've also got those that are on the front line services in social services. So if you are working in social services with families and children, then please can you stand because I know that we need to be praying for those that are working with others. So and that could be not just in the public sector, it could be in the private sector. If you're working with disadvantaged children and families, please stand. Okay. Okay, then. Huh? And we've also got those that are offering respite care. So if you are doing respite care for people, then please could you stand? Thank you. Now, if you look around our room, we have actually got a really high proportion of people working with children and disadvantaged families. Can you see? When I've spoken to other church leaders, they might have one family. Now, that is something that God is doing in and across our body and hasn't been doing it just recently. You guys have been doing it for years, haven't you? Yeah, and um, Mary and Maggie have been in social work for years, so we are talking a lot of expertise. Can you gather around them? Stand up, gather around them. We're going to lay hands on them. We're also praying for those who may want to be going into fostering or adoption, and we we want to pray for our kids and our families that are, find themselves in care. So you can move, lay hands on folk, pray. We're going to pray. Okay, you just start praying and then we'll close in prayer is that okay people at the back all around excellent well done thank you mission 10 vision but you know what we felt that it's important to do that it's not only adoption sunday today but it's also in terms of what we've been talking about the up in terms of our relationship with god we are adopted sons and heirs we've got people in our church who are doing actual natural adoption, fostering, respite care, and we need to support and encourage and get around them. And then there's the out. And at the moment, Kev's trying to work out how he can start an ironing service at the Vine. We heard on that, on that morning that one church has got links to a cafe, and what they do is say, if you're a fosterer, if you're a doctor, come in, have a coffee, bring your ironing, and we'll get it done downstairs for you. So Kev's plasterboard in the cellar of the Vines and... <laughs> Well, not yet, but you know, we, we've been thinking about it. How do we actually support those people who are fostering and adopting who aren't in the church? And what we can do there as well. Um, we're going to kind of pause at that moment. We're going to sing. So, guys, if you can come back, we're going to stand. We're going to sing Cornerstone. Because, you know, that's all what we've talked about, all that is built on Christ as our cornerstone. I'm going to be here all day. That's not halfway. <laughs> <laughs> so, last, the last, last bit. You're probably thinking there's, there's a big bit we haven't really talked about yet. Perhaps. Well, if we go to the next slide, Dave, please. Must have pressed again. There you go. So, in the short term, what are we going to do? We're going to... We, as an eldership, 
are going to be looking to recognize and release leaders across this team of people, this community, right? We believe in the priesthood of all believers. That all of you have, have an individual calling and mandate to serve the Lord and to carry out. That's what we're going to do. We think we're going to be, well, we are going to be reinstating deacons. Deacons? The deacons. <laughs> right? But you may not all be called deacons, but you might have a different, but in effect, that's the principle, scriptural principle of releasing deacons back into the church. Yeah? And as we said, the five-fold ministries will be released in the up. Lord, send the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, etc., etc. Release the ministries within this place across the fivefold. And the fivefold going out across beyond this place. Absolutely. So for us as an eldership, what do we do? We wanted to tell you about uh, the fact that we connect regularly. Sharing our rhythm. We meet, we have chosen to start meeting as families. So uh, we meet once a month. Um, it's our lunch round at the clocks next week. So all families, we're all squashed in together and we eat together, okay? We're also, for us, um, us three here, uh, we meet generally fortnightly, but if we need to, then we've been doing it weekly. It kind of ebbs and flows depending. We have close contact either on phone or email. And every time we meet, we pray for you as a body. We pray for ourselves, we pray for our marriages, and we pray for our children. We also connect in at the AOG events, at the Warsaw prayer meetings, at the Love Warsaw breakfast, and the Black Country stuff. On that, actually, this coming Wednesday, it's the Love Warsaw breakfast at the Vines at 7 o'clock. So if you're able to be there, or if you live outside Warsaw, there's the happening in the other three Black Country brothers, boroughs even. Um, 7 a.m. It's 7 a.m. at the Vines. If you want to know where the other ones are, come and see me and we'll find out that. But this is about connecting with, with our family outside of Junction 10. So in terms of, um, that's a short term, in terms of the midterm, we believe that we will be returning to the J10 site, at 323 Wolverhampton Road. We've talked about it. We've discussed, is this what we really believe? Is it, are we, do we feel bound by duty to others? Do we feel bound by previous statements? And no, we don't. We believe that we will be returning to 323 Wolverhampton Road. When? I don't know. My brother asked me last night what's going on with the church. Uh, that was an interesting conversation. But we don't know when. But, but we've put that in the midterm because we don't intend to be away for too long if, if we can help it. Also looking to create that apostolic resource centre. There's been words about Junction 10 being a resource church. And it's about time that we started to release it. So about being a resource centre for others, to serve others. We've talked about being part of AOG and, and, and Kev raised well. There's five, six maybe AOG churches around Warsaw. Why aren't we connecting more with them? You know, we we can connect, we can give to them, they can give to us as well. So that's in the midterm. And then the long term is building the building. We've put the we've put returning to the site. There's some of that as well is about we feel that we need to start looking now about re-establishing a footprint on the Allenwell. We've talked as well about what's our relationship to the Allenwell now. When we were there, it was we're a church that's part of the Allenwell. We've moved away, but we feel that's temporary and we are to re-establish that footprint. What that looks like at the moment, we don't know. There's lots of this where you're probably thinking, I need to know more. We haven't got the details yet, but we, but we believe what God's telling us. We want to give you the opportunity to give into the um, into the building. We're, we want to relaunch relaunch the building task team, who actively pursue options of what we're going to do. We're also we've already started putting a chunk of money aside because we don't have a building, and uh, we've been really blessed by Caris. We only pay gas and electric. 
we only pay gas and electric. It's a peppercorn. We have been really blessed, and it's God's provision. And therefore, if we were saving for a kitchen or you're having your lounge done at home, you put some money aside, wouldn't you? Because you can't do something unless you're going to put some money aside and save for it. So that's what we're doing. With the money that you give us, we are putting a chunk aside to save towards the new building. Now, it may not be enough but it's about stewardship, isn't it? And it's about the fact that God will bless what we're doing. It's a prophetic statement as well as a physical one. So, next slide, Dave. That is an artist, artist's impression of the building that we currently have a planning permission for, uh, which we have. And folks, thus far, we think the Lord's saying, pursue it. Still pursue it. Now, if you were, in, if you were with us at Goldmine two or three weeks ago, that building which was about three odd million quid and, and counting, certainly my journey with that is we didn't have two pennies to rub together to realize that. Right? But what we did have is the promises of God. Right? And if God says something, right, it will come to pass. Now, it may not come in, in the way and timing that we had hoped. And believe you me, Rachel and I have been at this church for 20 odd years. We thought it might have come earlier. Mm. But God's timing is different. Right? Absolutely. So if I can sit, th I can sit in Goldmine, if you guys can sit in that Goldmine Center and actually see something, then I'm thinking, well, you know what? I can still believe God for this church at Junction 10. Now, we do have a few pennies to rub together, but not the three-odd million pounds plus to make that a reality, right? What we do know is there certain, it certainly will be a worship center. It will be a place for us to gather and serve the Lord and worship the Lord together in this space because we still think it's important for us to corporately hear from God in, in a together space. But what we suspect, like the Goldmine Center, that it will be a mixture of resources, a mixture of facilities um, that others will partner with us to realize. And so we are actively looking at partnerships today in terms of developing the Apostolic or Alamore Resource Center, depends how we, we come up with it, but certainly it will be an arc, to realize that. Right? Because we believe that's God. God is telling us to do things together. And not just that bit on 323 Wolverhampton Road, but we are praying over the whole site, the whole land. You know, that strip of land on Junction 10 between the, the village and, the, and the, the KFC. Prophetic words, remember the old treasures have been spoken over the entire land. And you, believe you and me, you think about it. That land is laid dormant for, for decades, right? And people have tried to do something on that land and have failed, right? Why? Because we believe it is purposed by God for God's work. And nothing, no matter what man will try to do, right, will come and prosper because God has another plan for it. And so we suspect, we sing through a dark glass dimly, that there are partners to come on board to be part of the journey that we are on. And we're, we're glimpsing that already. And we're excited about it. Are you? Yeah. Right, absolutely. So this fund Rachel's talking about, we're going to ask you in the future to be adding to it. Right? So we're not going to be doing, I'm not going to be sweating and asking you for money and locking the doors until I get the right offering. Right? <laughs> That's a good idea though, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm, we're going to challenge you to say, if you're part of this vision, folks, will you give? Will you support it? Right? Because I believe the Lord can increase the widow's might. Yes? The little bit that we give, like when we built gold mine, we didn't have two pennies to rub together. But what we had, we put in, and then the Lord increased it multiple times. So I believe the Lord will do it for us at Junction 10. So... We've been at Carries for just over 12 months now. 
and initially when the conversation was taking place about meeting here, it was said to Caris that 12 to 18 months was put down as a, as a marker. And uh, the three of us met with uh, the guy who's been looking after the college here, the, the guy they've brought in from their board, John Donnelly. And um, we've, we're really pleased to say that we've got a green light to stay, which we're starting to think maybe, maybe we've got to start looking elsewhere, but we've got a green light to stay. It's a fantastic space, isn't it, for our Sundays together. And, you know, they've just been really generous with that. They've John also encouraged us. He, he actually passes a church up in Scotland, and they meet in a building, and they've been looking at buying the building that they're meeting in. And they met with the council. And uh, bear in mind, the, these are Scotsmen that you and Scotswomen that you're dealing with. And the council says, you can have it for 250000 And God has said to him, you offer a pound. And the building's worth 400000 So he said, you can have it. I'll give you a pound. And they laughed him out. A few months later, he went back. And they said, we've come down. You can have it for 50000 So we've dropped 200000 and we expect you to come up. And he said, I'll give you a pound. <laughs> and he laughed out. A few months went by. He felt prompted to call the council. They said, oh, we've been trying to get in contact with you. We think we can do something with the building. We're going to do it as a straight asset transfer. And he says, well, that's great. We want the building, but the problem has been what we can give. What, what does this mean, asset transfer? Well, we'll get the building, and you'll give us a pound. <laughs> and we I sat there and was like, it, it builds your faith, doesn't it? It encourages you. I spoke last week about being encouraged. It's things like that that encourage you along this journey. And um, the three of us were at the minister's conference here that, that took place. And, and they're talking about what their plans are. And, you know, they've been so generous to us in terms of meeting here. With a Vision Sunday, you'd expect, we look at a new building to, to fund. And you'd expect that we're saying, as we've done, actually, we need, we need people to give towards this, this journey. And we'd be expecting. But actually, I felt it laid on my heart that we're to take a Vision offering, but for the work of Caris. Because they've been so generous to us. They've accommodated us. They've said we can stay as long as it takes. And I think it's only right, and we've, we've talked about it and we agree, that on the 15th of November, we'll take an offering, but the offering won't be for our building. Although we believe that that's got God's calling us back to, and it will cost. But actually, by sowing into something else, we will reap a greater reward. Yeah? So on the 15th of November, that's what we're going to be doing then. We're going to now break bread because we're conscious of time. and uh, But we don't want to... We also want to do it right together. We've got three stations, so it's not a popularity thing, but we're going to serve you with communion. You'll have to come to us, to the tables. We won't have time to do all of that, but we are going to physically break bread and uh, and serve you with bread and fruit juice. For those with wheat and all those allergies, there is a little bowl with some wheat-free, everything-free. It's just dust bread. Um, so don't have that unless you, you've got an allergy, all right? <laughs> I don't know what it's made of, but it's free of everything. Um, so um, you can have that uh, whilst we pray for your healing. Um, but uh, anyway, so we're going to break bread together. And uh, it's a case of um, we just wanted to just take a moment. We're aware that we've kind of bombarded you with a whole host of stuff. And this has been stuff that we've been praying on and speaking over and pouring over for months. And we're aware of the fact that you'll probably go out of here going, oh, my life, that was so long. <laughs> Didn't that go on forever? But we just 
we wanted to kind of give you everything and download everything we possibly could, which is also why we wanted to create the space this evening for you to be able to come back and go, you know, he said so-and-so, um, could you just clarify that? Because there may be bits that we have actually skipped over, believe it or not. We have been working, and I can honestly say that these guys, the one thing you can say is they work like Trojans. Well, we all do. We have got a habit, or we work like Trojans in the background, and we are happy to do that for God's kingdom and for you guys. Okay, so um, just ask us, uh, guys. I know that you're on. Um, you want to leave, but can we just turn your eyes? Is that all right? We're going to sing um, the song "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus."